quarter is over. It's time to check in on ETF flows, taking another look at where the money went and putting it into perspective with the broader trends. Joining us from State Street Global Advisors, Matthew Bartolini is the head of Spider America's research. Matthew, great to have you here. You got some really good charts and analysis of what your team was looking at over the past three months. And I think really speaking to the trends, the first thing that shows up on your report is kind of your version of the growth versus value dynamics. What did you guys see? So, I mean, what we have seen for really the entire quarter and, and pretty much since the end of November of 2020 is this rotation into cyclicals. So you've seen value-oriented strategies continually sought after. About $14 billion went into value-oriented strategies in March alone. And if you look at the relative rotation of value to growth, it's actually at all-time highs when you look at the differential between value minus growth inflows over the past three months. And that same type of data is showing up when you look at it from a sector perspective. Cyclical-oriented sectors have taken about $40 billion more over the past three months, so the first quarter of 2021, than the defensive-oriented uh, sectors. So really the sort of risk-on cyclical value trade that started in November continues to go on uh, as we get into 2021 and the end of the first quarter. So the important thing here is you've got these as two distinct things, which I think is an important reminder here that value is not the same as cyclical growth, is not the same as defensive, but they do overlap in some ways. And it looks like you know, if you had to pick your, I guess, the cyclical versus defensive spread is the one that's been a little bit more extreme. Yeah, the cyclical versus defensive spread has been more extreme, and it's, but it's being driven by the sort of, you know, value type of um, sectors, financials and energy. Uh, what's driving value as a style too is the same thing that's driving those cyclical sectors. It's the higher rate environment, a reflationary regime shift, higher oil prices. So some of the same macro factors are impacting, impacting both value in those local sectors. We're also seeing small cap equity ETFs have a significant amount of fund flows over the past three months as well. So investors are really taking on a higher amount of, I would say, cyclically oriented risk. Okay. All right. So we've seen this favoritism shift back here. That's important. Now, if we look at the overall themes, I want to go to a table next that gets into the asset class shifts that we've seen comparing what we've got going on for equities versus bonds overall. Uh, generally speaking, obviously equities here have continued to see some flows, but uh, the one that stands out to me as a percent of AUM is specialty. What, what's in that category? That's going to be, you know, without saying too easy, that's your special type of ETF. Those are the ones, you know, sort of currency-based ETF. Mm. Uh, some of the ones are more arcane, sort of derivative strategies. Oh. You know, they're, they're sort of more esoteric. Um, and you can start to see really chunky inflows and outflows uh, in those and then really exaggerate some of that percent of AUM because the AUM is relatively small. But what we've seen from ETF users, you know, pretty much throughout its history, but more so when you've seen elevated levels of dispersion across asset classes, is that investors are trying to get a little bit more um, specific in their allocations or taking more specific bets hmm. and are able to do that with ETFs because it covers a multitude of different asset classes. So those are the more sort of nuanced or niche uh, areas of the ETF market. All right, so some nuance forming here in the market. The one that's negative on this list is the commodity class. Is that hmm. just because folks are bailing out of gold? So what was interesting with commodities, it is driven by gold ETFs. Uh, you've seen a significant amount of gold outflows after a really just record run in 2020 with so many inflows. 
as a result of the investors piling into that you know, defensive area to seek out uh, some mitigation and volatility. But when you dive beneath the surface of that commodity section, yes, gold has had outflows, but commodity broad-based ETFs, the ones that invest across the entire commodity complex, have actually had a record amount of inflows to fall into two months. They basically taking over a billion dollars in each of the last two months. And that's a record. And I think, again, more signifies this reflationary rate regime shift that we've seen investors uh, you know, implement within portfolios by going into those cyclical sectors to value, to commodities, and even tips on the fixed income side, which have had, gone on for a, a, quite a strong run in their own right. Okay. Now, uh, to go kind of back into stocks here specifically, looking at styles, as we mentioned at the top here, uh, you see the same flows in value versus growth. But if we look at size as well, I mean, part of that is a related story. Small caps getting the biggest push year to date as a percent of AUM. Uh, what I do notice is that the, the growth story seems more like just uh, maybe no new flows as opposed to really like outflows. Yeah, I mean, it's been really a, you know, sort of a tug of war between, you know, growth flows because some of those strategies are even more thematically oriented strategies that have a little bit of growth associated with them. So, but when I take a bigger, you know, I take a step back, what we do see is just an overwhelming amount of flows into value. And then what was interesting is that in all of 2020, growth flows were actually quite strong. So when you sort of go over a longer time horizon, we can definitely see this rotation starting to play out uh, as we get further into 2021, where that value trade uh, has started to work so well, you know, even just looking at from a returns perspective, but also the sentiment here, when you look at sort of traditional value styles, that worked well, 14 billion. But when you break it out by more specific sort of factor-driven strategies of value, you know, not your traditional S&P 500 value index at market cap weights, but the smart beta approach, you've seen inflows into value and size, but also dividend yield uh, from that perspective, which is really a close cousin of value from my perspective. And those flows from a factor lens actually drove smart beta strategies to have over 10 billion of inflows in the month of March, which is a record all time. Mm. So again, there's more specificity that investors are trying to take place during this regime shift, I think is really important. Okay, so that regime shift showing up uh, in the flows that you see. Lastly, Matthew, just to, to follow up on our previous conversation, we were talking bonds. How has that worked? with the treasury market and the flows into bonds, do we see that this risk on in equities is happening at the price of bond flows and they're going out as yields are rising or how's the, how's that part of the story been? Well, I mean, equity flows had records in Q1 and also in March. Uh, fixed income flows, they're only the 20th best month of all time. Still, you know, not terrible, but not obviously in the record territory. But I think what's interesting, you saw somewhat of a risk on tone expressed in bonds about a billion dollars in March went into credit-related strategies. But I think what's telling on the fixed income side has been the preference for uh, senior loans. And you know, again, a preference for credit, but in a way that is able to mitigate the effects of a rising uh, interest rate environment, but also give you a little buffer of volatility because it's more senior in the capital structure. So we've seen investors go in there. And as I mentioned earlier, tips inflows, I think they've had now inflows uh, for 11 consecutive months. Again, a more uh, uh, signs pointing towards you know, being able to guard against the inflationary pressures impacting the marketplace right now, both on the equity and the fixed income side. Matthew, great stuff. Love the data. We got around at the closing bell here. Appreciate you joining us. Thank you. Thanks, Matthew Barley, head of Spider America's research at State Street Global Advisors.